You know, when I read this passage, I can't help but ask myself, do I have an entitlement problem? Or am I desperate for Jesus in the same kind of way that we see from this woman who desperately seeks after the help that Jesus gives? Uh, do I really want what he wants for my life. You know, these are things that come to mind. It reminds me of uh, when I was a kid, I had a great childhood. My parents were so generous, gave us so many amazing experiences. One of those experiences, we got to travel a lot. And my dad was a pilot for United Airlines his entire career. And, and we had the great benefit of being able to uh, fly for free as well as most of the time actually ride in first class. Nine times out of 10, when I was a child, I rode, when I flew, I rode in first class. And that's because in those days, um, most of the seats that were available on a plane were in first class because they didn't have as many of the frequent flyer programs that they do today, where people upgrade and you know, the first class gets full. And I have distinct memories of, you know, we're waiting at the gate because the employees get on last. They're making sure there's going to be seats available uh, for, for, you know, the paid customers get the seats first. And we're waiting at the gate. And usually at the last minute, just before they close the gate, they, they call out our name and my parents will go up there and they'd be so thankful and excited that we got our, our seats and we're all getting, grab your bags, boys, we're getting on. And, and I remember walking down the, the gangway to get onto the plane and, and finding out, oh my goodness, we're not going to be sitting in first class and it was just I just remember just being so distraught and how horrible it would be those few few times that we did not get to sit in first class because you know I'd have to fight with my brother for the armrest and I, and I, I wouldn't get unlimited drinks and sodas and unlimited peanuts and and it would be harder to see and hear the movie that was gonna play and it was just I I was so spoiled I was so entitled I expected that I got to ride in first class and that's the way that you're supposed to be able to fly. And um, it, it, that, that's what comes to mind when I look at this passage because you know Jesus enters into this area, uh, this Gentile region, it says entire in Sidon. So he's left the chosen people, the Jewish people's area, he's moved into the Gentile area. And we see this amazing interaction with this woman. She is desperate for help for her daughter, and she goes to the place, Jesus Christ, the place that she can find the help. She uh, ignores the fact that he is trying to find rest. He, she invades that place of rest that, that, that he has. I mean, she's, she's not too proud to beg. They have this interesting interaction where Jesus says that, hey, what I give, the food that I give is for the children, and, and uh, it can't be for those that aren't a part of my people. And, and she wisely replies that, that even what you give, the leftovers are more than enough for what I have. And there's a lot that could be unpacked in that, but it reminds me a lot of Rahab, the prostitute. Remember, she was a prostitute in Jericho, and she, as well as all the people in her city, knew that their city was about to be destroyed by God. They weren't offered an opportunity to repent, but she boldly pursues that. She knows that there is no other way for me to survive other than to turn myself to God. And so she does that and God rewards her in so many amazing ways. And we see that kind of faith from this woman. She is so humble in her pursuit of God. She's 
humbled, not entitled. She's desperate for, for what Jesus offers. And, and I so often I think that I live an entitled kind of spiritual life where I just expect that God is just going to give me everything that I want and everything that I desire. And then, of course, we get to this next section where um, Jesus heals a deaf man. And don't you just love the tenderness and the, the special way that he does it? Keeping in mind that he's deaf, he can't speak, so he takes him aside privately. He, he, Jesus puts his fingers onto this man's ears to, to make it clear that Jesus is actually going to change and touch him. He spits and he touches his tongue to, to communicate that, that God is the one out of the mouth of God is, is what allows us to, to speak. He communicates his ability to communicate to us. He looks up to heaven and, 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 and Mark gives us the, the Aramaic that Jesus was speaking at the time to, to bring us into the tenderness of this moment. And then I just love how right at the end Mark gives this little line where he's quoting people who say, he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Jesus or Mark is making it clear that Jesus is now the ultimate Messiah, not just for his people, the Jewish people, but also for the world, calling us all the way back to the promise that God gave to Abraham, that, that Abraham, through Abraham, God would bless the entire world. And I just love, I think there's an amazing theme through scripture of this, this outsider versus insider motif and the chosen people and the not chosen people, the not people, and how God is so great and how he, ex he's, he has exclusively brought Jesus through his chosen people in order to be inclusive in his provision for all people. Um, and, and by saying this, he, he makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. He's making it very clear that this is the Messiah because look at what he says um, in Isaiah 35 verses 5 through 6. He says, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. That's exactly what we just see here. This is all a, a prophecy from, about the Messiah. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. Again, what just happens here. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Do I want what Jesus wants? which is to repent and to believe the gospel. He is the Messiah, and that's why he was sent into the world. But I think oftentimes I'm just so entitled, and I'm not humble. I don't want what he wants. I want what I want. And that's where I just want to close, is that do I have an entitlement pro pro problem, or am I desperate for what Jesus freely Gives. Remember at the very beginning of Mark, he makes it clear why he's here. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Brothers and sisters, am I entitled or am I humble and am I desperate for what he provides for us? Life through his gospel. And, and like it says in Isaiah, and I'll just jump back there real quick because I think that this is very illustrative for us. He says, for waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. I just love that because he's, he's giving us this picture of what the gospel does in a desert dead heart. But again, 
do I want that? Do I want what he wants? Or am I living in this with this entitlement attitude of, of, of just that he should be giving me what I want? Or am I humbled like the Syrophoenician woman here who desperately pursues after Jesus, who is the one that can provide for what we really and deeply most need?